didn't want to include this any more than you wanted me to. Okay? <laughs> and I don't hate it. I just hate a lot of it. Plot twist, this is actually a Keanu Reeves countdown. <laughs> Boom! You're Wait, lucky, because so now I don't have to say, why just spill your beans? Because <laughs> I thought he was going to tell you. <laughs> Hear that? Hear They're that so Christmas happy. spirit? Welcome right. to my movie series. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the December edition of Fright Club Live. We are Holly and we are Jolly. Actually, no. She is Hope Madden. And he's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com. Back here as we are every second Wednesday of the month for Fright Club Live. And we're psyched up because I know a lot of people are in the Christmas mood to watch American Psycho. Are exactly. we not? <laughs> and I love that people turned out because if they didn't, I would never get to pick a movie again. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, is this one where, well, actually, before we get into the countdown and what we're doing, we have to wish a happy birthday. We do. Happy birthday to Richard. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rocket. Happy birthday. Tell him. A special Fright Club happy birthday happy to Richard. Birthday. Thanks so much. Thanks for sharing it with us. Thank you for sharing it with us. We appreciate that. So, yeah. If you haven't heard, I got to pick this month's movie. <laughs> and uh, was this one where we had to, you had to build a category around the movie? Yes. Or you did? Yep. Okay. But it was, uh, it was uh, fun to decide what to do with this one. Uh, well, this movie has been on so many of our lists because it's basically a perfect film. <laughs> so it bubbles to the top of a lot of lists. And uh, the, the one that we decided on, because it was kind of fun to put together, is uh, future Oscar winners. So we were looking for horror films that are just stocked with people who were eventually going to go on to an Oscars, but very definitely not for the movie that they're in that we're talking about. <laughs> That's right. So that'll be good because obviously it's star packed. Yes. This movie is and all the movies on the list. But before we get to that, really just a few minutes before we were leaving the house tonight to come here, yeah. we got a fantastic message on Facebook from a, a frequent Fright Club podcast listener. Mike. And we just want to thank him. He says that he doesn't have a lot of people to talk to horror movies about because there's no lot of horror fans. And so our conversations about horror movies fill that hole for him. And that was very nice. To yeah, say. I didn't notice where he was from, but we would welcome him here. That's right. In the, in the loving bosom of Fright Club. Would we not? <laughs> so hopefully wherever he <laughs> that is. That doesn't sound creepy at all. <laughs> Please don't be creeped out, Mike. <laughs> no, thank, thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. We always appreciate it. And, you know, uh, and we, here's, we also need to apologize because we, we dropped the ball and did not have a podcast earlier this month. And people noticed that. Mm -hmm. uh, and in particular, Fave Five from Fans Podcast. They do a top five list. They haven't started actually broadcasting yet. And he pointed out that he was, he was testy. That, and, and why did it happen, George? Okay, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> we had it set up. We were going to talk with, uh, Corey, our Australian correspondent, right, our guy from uh, the, with the Rewatch podcast, yes, Man from the Future, <laughs> and we have to Skype with him, and we'd always done it before through the iPad, but I went to the studio and I and I thought, well, the last couple of times we skyped with other people, we've done it through the phone, um, so I thought, okay, we'll do it through the phone. It sounded fine. So, I, but in the interim, I have gotten a new iPhone, and the old mini plug doesn't work. You have to get that Lightning adapter because that's how Apple works to get. Every last dollar from you. You just screw up our podcast. Right. 
So we get there. We're all set. He Skypes in from Australia, and I don't have the adapter. And it's it and was, this is like the ninth time in a row that we screwed something up yes. on a Corey Metcalf podcast. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm sure he thinks we do it on purpose, but uh, we I'm, don't. I'm, and we love you, Corey. Yeah, we're sorry. I'm, I'm eating it on that one, so <laughs> it was my fault. But we have rescheduled. We have, and we're going to have him. I think for that that which is actually a fantastic topic. Yeah. And he came up with a topic. Get this. I can't believe I, we haven't thought of this no. before, but it's top five horror movies where nobody dies. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear that, that, Corey? Do you hear those yeah. oohs and ahs? That's yeah, right. That was yeah. a great, great topic. So we are going to get it. We're going to record it, I think, this weekend if I have my adapter straight. <laughs> and I will. And then that'll be penciled in for February the 10th, yes. I think, right? Yep. So, so all that's coming up. And also, we I've got the actual next studio podcast is, if you can believe this, the year is ending, the best of the year. That's right. And it's been a good year it for horror been. movies. Yeah. It has been. So we're making that list and checking it twice. So. Uh, that'll be the next one. But until then, we have got to talk about future Oscar winners, which right. is fun. This is almost, you know, every year we do skeletons in the closet. Right. Once the Oscar nomination nominations come out, then we look back at the current Oscar nominees and look back in their horror past. Right. So this is sort of like the cousin of that. Exactly. It's just when you start to do that, you start to know, well, American Psycho is the one we're going to show today. There are just like 95 Oscar winners in this movie. Just none of them had won one yet. And so I just started thinking of, of some of the others. So we showed earlier this year, we showed The Dead Don't Die. And that has Tilda Swinton, Oscar winner, Adam Driver, nominee, Bill Murray, nominee, Chloe Sevigny, nominee. And I thought, how many others of those can I come up with? Mm-hmm. A ton. A lot. A ton. And by the way... If you remember, we we had uh, the Dead Don't Die as a Fright Club premiere, and we can't <gasps> we can't spill it yet. But we are this close to grabbing another soon to come horror movie for a Fright Club premiere that'll be right here at Gateway. Yeah, you're lucky because so, now I don't have to say why'd you spill your beans because <laughs> I thought he was going to tell you. <laughs> um, we're, I, I tell you, we're putting the the final touches on that, but hopefully we'll have an announcement on it's that very be so soon. Good. Trust me, you're going to be digging it. Yep, you are going to be digging it. Okay, well, no, the Poughkeepsie tapes will not be bumped. No, this time we, it will not be bumped. No, but uh, we are going to make room. Hopefully for this, it'll be fun. All right, I'm sorry. That's okay. That was a good announcement. It was, yeah. Um, so should we go through a couple of the also rants? Yeah, yeah. What in? else okay. was bubbling under? Uh, bubbling under the Devil's Advocate, right? Taylor Hackford, who is a winner. Al Pacino, winner. Charlize Theron, winner. So that's got a lot of people. The movie, however, not a winner. No, not a winner. Another one, Night Watch from 1997 with Patricia Arquette, Nick Nolte, Josh Brolin, Brad Dorif. I mean, it's so crazy wow. how many. I know. I missed that one completely. Um, um, I think I was returning some videotapes. I think you <laughs> When that came out. <laughs> um, Interview with a Vampire, which is another one that I think I bring up a lot as isn't going to make one of my lists ever. Like, this is at least the third time, but <laughs> Neil Jordan and yeah. Brad Pitt and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, so all Oscar nominees, not for that movie, of course. Um, my Boyfriend's Back, Philip Ooh, Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And although he doesn't have any lines, you can't miss him. Matthew McConaughey is in that movie. And speaking of Matthew McConaughey, he and Renee Zellweger, Oscar winners both, co-star in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. That's right. And I'd say Renee has a pretty good shot to win another one this year. That's but right. We, that remains to be seen, but okay. Were those the uh, almost made it? They were. They were the almost made it. All right. So uh, we'll get to it. This is movies chock full of future Oscar winners. And truth be told, this this first one at number five, it's probably the only way this movie is going to get on a list. Clearly. I mean, let's let's be real. This is from 2005. Supernatural exorcist and demonologist John Constantine. 
helps a policewoman prove her sister's death was not a suicide, but something more. It is Constantine. What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager for the souls of all mankind? No direct contact with humans. That would be the rule. Just influence. See who would win. Demons stay in hell. Angels in heaven. They call it the balance. I need to see what you see. You do this, there's no turning back. You see them. They see you. Understand? Go to hell. Okay, quick. You had to pick one, Constantine or Devil's Advocate. What would you see? For uh, Stormare alone, I would see Constantine Peter Stormare. again. Good, good call. And of course, Tilda. The I'm Tilda. always gonna. I'm always gonna lean Tilda. Yeah, that's that's a good call. So so run them down. We've got we've got Tilda. We've got Rachel Wise. Yep, and Jamon Hunsu, who was right. nominated twice but never won. Right. Uh, and uh, and also uh, you're gonna notice this whether I point it out to you or not. There's a weird amount of Keanu in this list today. Like, I didn't do it on purpose, and then I was just like, I mean, including Devil's Advocate that didn't. Right. I'm like, damn, he makes a lot of movies with other people who will go on to win Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Although, more and more, he seems like such a cool guy. He right? does. He seems he like does. the nicest great, man in the world, besides Ben Young, who we already know is the nicest man in the world. <laughs> That's right. But he's, he's number two. This one, I, I found a nice bit of trivia about this. Uh, Domino Harvey. Remember that movie? About I the, do. She's actually in this movie. Oh. The model that that movie was about, Domino Harvey, she makes a cameo at Papa Midnight's Bar. She's okay. seated at the table as an angel. Oh, I see. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she makes a uh, she makes a appearance, and so does Michelle Monaghan. She can be seen briefly in this movie as well. But yeah, Peter Stormare, uh, that's a very good call yes. because he makes a good Satan. He does. He was makes he on a... our Satan list? Yes, he when was we, on our we Satan did list. Best Satans? Yes. Yeah, because he, he cuts a striking figure. He does. He does. And he's great in this movie. And actually, Jimon Hutu is great in this movie. Tilda Swinton is the reason to see it, if you're going to see it, because mm-hmm. she plays the angel Gabriel. And anytime she plays like a gender fluid kind of a role, you just, I mean, uh, she just does such, well, she does a brilliant job, no matter what she does. She's so cool in this movie. And really, there's a lot about the movie that, that works, I think, fairly well. It just can't carry the weight of the entire film. Like the whole sort of background and environment and and minor characters pique your interest, but the film itself is pretty dull. It was actually based on a comic book mm-hmm. called Hellblazer, mm-hmm. and they said they changed the title to avoid confusion with Hellboy, but I would think Hellraiser, Hellraiser is closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but I guess Hellboy was was more recent too when when this movie came out. But uh, yeah, besides. Uh, well, you mentioned Tilda, and really, yeah. if Tilda's in the movie, that's usually the reason to see it. Yes. But, uh, but Rachel Weiss is always good, and she's yep. in it twice because she plays twins. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But but Peter Stormare, yeah, especially with his. It's always interesting to, to see how a movie that's going to have Satan in it chooses to depict yeah. Satan. Yeah. Not only the actor, but what they're wearing, yeah. how they present him, and his the suit yeah. and the, the bit of, what is it, like tar coming? Yeah. Goo and <laughs> Goo. tar at the bottom. Yeah. All of that is, is very cool. So that's... Yeah. Uh, that's a big thumbs up. But, yeah, there's some definite Oscar, uh, Oscar heaviness to yeah. uh, Constantine from 2005. That's why it's number five on our future Oscar list, which moves us up to number four. Oh, more Keanu. This is from 1992. The centuries-old vampire count Dracula comes to England to seduce Jonathan Harker's fiance Mina, and inflict havoc in the foreign land. Are those groans we're hearing? I think, <laughs> I think they are. It's Bram Stoker's Dracula. What are you? 
vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face. You've got to go to him. You've got to love him. She is a willing recruit and devoted disciple. She is the devil's concubine. Join me in eternal life. Your salvation is his destruction. I didn't want to include this any more than you wanted me to. Okay? But let's just start with Coppola. He has six Oscars and another seven nominations. So uh, that alone makes this list. That's hardware. On his own, he outnumbers everybody else on the list. And then you add to that Oldman, who has... Uh, a win and a nomination. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins, who has a win and two nominations. Winona Ryder has two nominations. Richard E. Grant, who has a nomination. I, there was, I couldn't get out of it. Yeah. I couldn't. I was contractually obligated to include this movie. It's and loaded. I don't hate it. I just hate a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. And it starts with, again, you, you hate to pick on Keanu Reeves all the time. but he's Well, then let's pick on Winona Ryder. Okay. Because even though They're she has bad. been talented, God, she's awful in it. What is that accent? Oh, she's terrible in this movie. But Gary Oldman, you know, the, the Dracula figure here is is interesting. Yeah. Of course, now, it just anytime I see that clip, I think of Monty Burns. Oh, from, exactly. From The Simpsons. <laughs> and I want to watch that. Genius. But, Genius. Uh, but he, uh, Gary Oldman, especially as the Dracula from the old country, come on in, is awesome in this movie. He's less great, I think, as the modern day... Yeah, for the film Modern Day Dracula, because he's supposed to be super sexy. And Gary Oldman, and I'm tell- I've had a crush on Gary Oldman since 1988 when I saw Sid and Nancy. But still, he's not, he's not really that sexually charismatic. Like, mm. I thought to myself, I don't, I don't think she's going for that. Well, it's interesting because in, in some interviews uh, at the time, Francis Ford Coppola, looking back, it says that's why he got Keanu Reeves. He was looking for a quote-unquote heartthrob mm. of the time to be in the movie to help drive some some traffic, and that's why he settled on Keanu Reeves. But you mentioned one on the writer's accent, but al- always for me, one of the things that, that hampers Keanu Reeves, especially in that time period, is his voice. Yeah. It's really hard to get around. No. He just sounds too much like Bill and Ted. He does. In, in this movie. But <laughs> but you, you have Gary Oldman, and it has a very interesting take on the character. Yeah. He he hired a, a singing coach to to try to lower his voice like an octave. Oh, that's that was a get, good idea yeah, to get a, a certain sound. And you'll like this. He actually got the um, the Prince Vlad's scream uh, at the beginning of the movie. It's not Gary Oldman, but it's the Cramps lead singer <laughs> doing that scream nice. to get sound. It's a good scream. It is a good scream. I like it. I like it. And of course, I mean the 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 number one main th- reason that this movie is good at all is because Tom Waits plays Renfield, and he's one. Of, <laughs> he's great, isn't he? Not? I mean, he's great. He's, he a, great he's a great Renfield. Renfield. And as much as I love a- Anthony Hopkins, he just eats a big ham sandwich this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Over the top, a little Anthony. Wow, that's. And he would do it again when he made that god awful Wolfman movie. Yes. I mean, sometimes he just is like, I'm going for the rafters. Yeah. I'm gonna Branagh. A little Kenneth Branagh uh, going yeah. on there. Which I think makes for a, a campy kind of kind of over the top enjoyment if you look at it that way. I th- I mean I do. I think that there's reason to watch the movie. It looks pretty glorious and it's sort of sloppy, sultry, 
overly hot way, but it's, I mean, it's, there, there, is re- there are reasons to like the film. And they actually, after preview audiences complained, they actually cut about 25 minutes oh, of, of, thank blood, you, Jesus. of blood and oh. gore from oh. it, you know? Uh, yeah, but even so, then, it made, at the time, it seems like always you look back uh, at, at the history of uh, Coppola's Zoetrope Studios, it seems like they're always in financial trouble. But at the time, this was successful enough to keep it afloat. Oh. So it did get people to the theater. Oh, yeah, it made a lot of money. Including us. Yes. <laughs> at the time, and uh, it makes number four on our list of Oscar, future Oscar horror. That's Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Moving up to number three, this is a first-timer it is. here for Fright Club, it isn't is. it? Interesting. And I, and I had to be reminded of this. I, I remember seeing it, but when I first saw it, I thought it was another movie with the same title. Sure, sure. But this is from 2000. A woman with extrasensory perception is asked to help find a young woman who has disappeared. It's the gift. What I'm seeing is a rail fence in a pond. I can smell flowers. You learn to leave folks alone. Can you see what I'm thinking? Can you, can you see that in the car? There's something bad wrong with me. If I go with If someone starts worrying that you're going to have another one of your dreams. Messing with the devil's going to get you burned. Plot twist. This is actually a Keanu Reeves countdown. (laughs) Boom! (laughs) The more he's popping up, I'm thinking, this dude is Forrest Gump. He he gets his way in every single movie. (laughs) But... When I was when I was first looking at your list, I thought of the Jason Bateman, yeah. uh, Joel Edgerton movie yeah. from a few years ago, mm-hmm. which is actually very good. It is. It's really good. It I is. enjoyed it. But no, I, I remember seeing this one, and much like Tilda, Kate Blanchett is always a reason to see a movie. Yes, yeah, she is, and she's magnificent in this movie. And she's won two Oscars. She's been nominated for I don't know three hundred, four other hundred others. <laughs> she's um and she's magnificent. You know, and this is a Sam Raimi film, so it doesn't have any good excuse beto- between. The fact that Sam Raimi directed it, Billy Bob Thornton wrote it, yeah. and he wrote Sling Blade, and he can write a good movie. Oh, yeah. And the, the cast is insanely great. The, that it's as kind of bland as it is is really mind-boggling. Well, and Billy Bob was, he also wrote A Simple Plan, right? And he was nominated for that. He was nominated, and which is the Sam Raimi film. Yeah, and for Sling Blade as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. And because it's a Sam Raimi film, of course, it has the Delta 88 Oldsmobile <laughs> that's been in every Evil Dead movie. It's in, it's in here as well. And y- you mentioned Billy Bob Thornton wrote it. It's actually, according to Billy Bob, based on his own mother's re- reported psychic abilities. Yeah. I guess he doesn't have them or he would have known that this movie was going to be a massive bomb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some great things about it. Uh, Hillary Swank's mullet. Hillary Swank. I mean, she gets the Joe Dirt Award. She for that, does. For that hairdo. That Very nice. That is a great look. It is. It's a great look. And, and actually, this is one of the rare performances where I think Keanu Reeves is actually really, really good. Um, and I think he almost never plays a heavy. And I think he does it really well because one of the other... Uh, yeah. The Bad Batch. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also... Um, the Neon Demon. The Neon Demon. Yeah. That might be my favorite one of his performances because he's just terrifying. He's absolutely terrifying in that role. And you just never see him in that. He always plays kind of a, a good guy or a robot or a man from the future or something just not normally human. And to see him just play a heavy, he does such a great job. And he does a good job in this also. And, uh, I mean, a lot of them do. Greg Kinnear does. He's that... He and you Kinnear. mentioned he's, he was nominated for As uh, Good As It Gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and Katie Holmes is good. I mean, the, the, the cast is good. And the film isn't bad. It Honestly, it isn't. It just doesn't really ever sort of go anywhere. It doesn't ever have a, a like an exciting climactic moment it's um it's just a, it just kind of just kind of sits there yeah and it's one of those that you you look and you say boy with this much talent involved you kind of think it would pack a bigger punch there's a lot of movies like that yeah. it should have been the the sum of its parts don't don't add up to as, as something as, as worthwhile as you think yes yeah but it's but it is it, it's interesting and yeah and um keeps you guessing for a while. You know, and the funniest thing, we, considering the remarkable talent in this movie, the two who stand out as as really doing the best job in the film are Keanu Reeves and Giovanni Ribisi. Right, yeah. That, you know, who who neither of them are, have ever been nominated for probably anything. And they just, I mean, both of them really uh, drive this film. Yeah, agreed. And that is number, what, number three, The yep. Gift from 2000 on our list of future Oscar nominees and winners in horror. So moving up to number two, I think it's a Fright Club favorite. <laughs> Been on many lists. Maybe not as much as number one, but still a favorite. From 2009, a shy student trying to reach his family in Ohio with a gun-toting tough guy trying to find the last Twinkie and a pair of sisters trying to get to an amusement park join forces to travel across a zombie-filled America. Zombieland. Welcome to Zombieland. My mother always told me, someday you'll be good at something. I mean, I don't think she could have guessed that that something would be zombie killing. What do you think? Zombie kill of the week? Whoa. You guys want some Purell? Yes. Yeah. people saw the sequel yeah i liked it i did too i thought it was fun yeah yeah i really thought it was fun but not as fun as this one no nothing this, is this one is so great and it's actually the second highest grossing movie in the u.s that begins with the letter z <laughs> after Z zootopia. zootopia nice yeah yeah so it's a it's a big uh, big fan favorite not just for us for a lot of people and uh strangely keanu reeves not in this movie <laughs> um i don't know how he slipped through the cracks there but got a lot of uh, Oscar, Oscar consideration here. And Emma Stone, she was actually the last of these co-stars to get nominated, but the first to, to win. win. Yep. Just two, two, two years ago? Or last year? No, two no, years ago. No, two years ago. Yeah. And it's funny that because Abigail Breslin is so much younger than everybody else, but she was nominated as a child right. for Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Jesse Eisenberg was nominated for The Social Network, and Woody Harrelson's been nominated a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. And it's I really think, high time he I wins one. I think first one. for the Larry Flint movie, mm -hmm. maybe? That was his first one, and yeah. for The Messenger. And, uh, and of course, Bill Murray also has been nominated. Sure. Yeah. So um, solid, solid talent here. Yeah, which is, I think, one of the reasons the movie works as well as it does. It's incredibly clever. The concept is is clever. The writers who also wrote Deadpool, you know, they wrote a really funny, very fresh take on it. Uh, the direction is is great. That um, kiosk of death where he's in there and you, you're sure Woody's, Woody Harrelson's not going to make it out and he kills all those people. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah, and the uh, amusement park. Yeah, the whole which, amusement park is great. Where, which is where they're heading yeah. heading to. And it, it it's interesting you bring up the... Uh, sequel because when watching the sequel I thought it follows along with so many elements from this one yes. instead of the uh, amusement park in the sequel you got the, what the you high got? rise like a, yeah the, there's the commune yeah. or whatever you call it there uh, and it works in in similar ways but you know they, they find out a way to have fun 
both visually because mm-hmm. some of the, the the visuals a case in point where you talked about the the stand at the uh the kiosk yeah and then fighting that zombie at the amusement park as he's climbing up to get them things like that oh yeah it's really inventive ways to to make visual uh storytelling as well but I'm, the, the reason the first one works and and to the same degree the second one it works as well is because of that cast yeah you know i mean it just elevates everything to an incredibly high degree because the profound talent among those four people five people yeah which is another kind of ironic thing about the sequels i think we both thought that the sequel gets elevated when the new the characters fresh people came come in, yeah, into it. Yeah. yeah. Although the 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 uh, returning cast is great as well. Yeah. But it's elevated by by the new cast members. But uh, that's getting off the topic, which is this one. And yeah, there's so much Oscar here. But some of the other people, Bill Murray, of course, in this movie makes one of the greatest cameos of all time. Ever. But some a lot of other people were offered cameos, including I'm hoping Keanu Reeves is on this list, but he's not. <laughs> Uh, Joe Pesci, Mark Hamill, yeah. uh, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Bacon, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Matthew McConaughey. Okay. All were offered, but didn't quite make it in. But I don't see how they could beat uh, Can't. No, there's can't. no way. There's no way. As I've said before, even Jesus in a zombie movie cameo would not have made me as happy. Wow. I know. During the Christmas season, she goes there. He's our first zombie. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see if I get hit by lightning. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that leave that there. <laughs> And uh, we'll move on, moving up to number one on our list of future Oscars in horror. And you know it's the one we're seeing tonight from the year 2000. It's a wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hiding his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent fantasies, American Psycho. I know my uh, behavior can be erratic sometimes. The stupid bitchy! He's so fucking zany about. I'm just a happy camper, rocking and rolling. No, I'm in touch with you, man. Hey, Paul! (laughs) Just have to kill a lot of people. I have to return some videotapes. Well, first of all, I know I exchanged, we exchanged business cards with a lot of you during. (laughs) during happy hour but if we didn't we have plenty of our business cards down here we would love to see yours and compare the The subtle subtle thickness thickness. Uh. we were talking about that scene is so phallic yeah that's right oh my god it is well first of all is there anyone here that has never seen this movie wow i love that welcome i definitely want your reactions after if you would talk to us after get your reactions because that is that is classic i love that i was hoping there would be some so we don't want to spoil anything no for the people that haven't seen it but as i was telling somebody in happy hour we were just having a, a conversation the other night about time capsule movies mm-hmm. and i was talking about how you know if you were an alien that just dropped in you could show them saturday night fever and say okay this was america in the late 70s but then you made a good comment about this one how it comments on the reagan 80s Right, which is an interest. It's probably the best time capsule of the '80s, and it was made in 2000. Right, which is one of the things that I think is kind of most fascinating about it is that is that Mary Heron captures something so hilariously, satirically, darkly, psychopathically correct about the 1980s with this movie. Yeah, and of course, it's driven so much by uh, Christian Bale's performance, right. and and now we know what what a great actor he is, among the best ever. Yeah, and he just God, he just nails this mm-hmm. part. Every little nuance, every little 
facial expression oh, yeah. uh, is just perfect. But but you also got Reese Witherspoon yeah. and Willem Dafoe and Jared Leto. Yes, who has won. Chloe Sevigny, right. Um, it, you know, there's a lot, a lot of, of future Oscar, at least they're going to sit in the seat and not win an award. Uh, cast members in this film. Yeah, and Christian Bale has won one. Won and one, I, he was nominated two uh, other times, and he'll get nominated this year. He could get nominated this year, and I'm I'm sure he's got, I mean, he's got a long career ahead of him, so I could see him winning more in oh, the sure. future. Uh, for sure. So we don't want to spoil anything, nope. so we'll, uh, we hope to talk to you after the movie. One hour and 41 minutes later. Oh, we're just basking in the glow after <laughs> after the movie is over. And, you know, interesting side note, when when Hope's doing Pilates, she also has Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> going on in the background. <laughs> it's very motivating. It sets the mood. Oh, man. Every time I, I, I find something funny that I didn't catch before, like the line about the dry, dry beer. beer. yeah. It's is just fantastic. And uh, it's this... Plus, it's always fun to see it on the big screen. Yes. Of course. Such a perfect, like we said before, such a perfect time capsule of, of the late 80s. And just the soulless capitalism, soulless greed of all these guys who did nothing. Right. And, of, of course, the, one of the main themes of the movie is they're all interchangeable. Interchangeable, yeah. It's one of the things I like the most about it. What he wants more than anything is to fit in. Right. And, and that's the problem. And also the solution, because he's never going to get busted, because nobody knows who he is. <laughs> exactly. Halberstram. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, this is my fourth time seeing it. I really like the acting and, like, just the craziness of how it is. And I still can't figure out what the ending is all about. <laughs> Well, the main thing is it leaves you so ambiguous about did any of it even happen? That, that's the main conversation you can have at, at the end, especially when he's talking with his lawyer there, who well, doesn't even know who he is. No, and what, what, I, think, what I think is funny, the, this is the first time I've seen this movie. I don't know how many times. This is the first time that look that Christian Bale gives them at the end when he says he had dinner with Paul Allen twice in London. This is the first time I thought to myself, now, did he kill the wrong person? Right. Did he think he killed Paul Allen, but he killed somebody else? It's the first time that crossed my mind, that he had confused sure. them all as well. That makes perfect sense. Richard, it was your birthday gift. What do you think? Excuse me, i got to return some video tape. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally confused by the ending. I was right, uh, with it right along all the way through there. I was enjoying the heck out of it, but when it got to the ending, which... I swear that one of his victims was in the bar in the background. Yeah. That was the way that she was? I thought so, too, yeah. yeah. Okay, so he didn't uh, kill her, or he's seeing her in the bar. Well, I, I think, know. to me, from the time the ATM says, feed me a stray cat, mm -hmm. right, to, to the close of the film, it's like, well, he's just, now he's just seeing shit that isn't really there. Cop cars just don't blow up with one bullet. Yeah, Which it seemed to be what he was saying when he looked at the gun, right. like, wow. Right, and, and you had not seen it before. Never saw it before. Enjoyed the heck out of it. That's good. And you can't talk about this movie without talking about Christian Bale's performance. And since we've talked about this movie many times on the podcast, and there's many stories about how long it took to get into production for the long time. For the longest time, Oliver Stone was attached to it. Oh. And he was, I believe he was dead set on DiCaprio, was he not? No, uh, the studio wanted DiCaprio. Mary Heron did not want DiCaprio. Okay. And so she had already written the screenplay and she intended to direct it. And he, DiCaprio was just coming off of Titanic and he wanted to make a different movie. Mm -hmm. And this would have been a different movie, but then it didn't work out and he did The Beach instead. <laughs> right. And she got Christian Bale, who was her first choice. Well, it's... 
you just can't imagine anyone. I mean, DiCaprio's great. Yeah. But you just can't imagine anybody else inhabiting that part uh, no. the way the way that Bale did. And of course, it was based on the book, mm -hmm. and I haven't read the book. By the way, I was talking with Seth earlier on Happy Hour, and he has read the book, and it's there's interesting differences between the two. But as we were talking, books and movies are different animals. Yes. And 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 by the way, Seth, we didn't say before. Thank you so much. You do so much for promoting this. You really podcast. do. We thank, just want you to thank you very you much. Very much. Thank you, you. You're all over social media, and uh, thank you, Seth Beernut, uh, <laughs> for doing that. We appreciate that. But yeah, that's always a good conversation to have. The the different vision that a director is going to take to a, adapting a book, because there's changes you have to make. And I think Mary Heron did a masterful job with this. The perfect tone. And it, and as you pointed out, the co-writer is Guinevere Turner the more upscale prostitute from the the first the don't threesome. stare at it eat it scene. yeah right <laughs> and uh, and one of the things that i think makes this movie work as well as it does is that the both the writers and of course the director they're all women and i think that the easton ellis's work can be read as misogynistic i don't think the film can be i mean from my perspective it's 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 not it's not a misogynistic film and i think that that's an important differentiator because i think you know, if you take this exact same movie, this exact same cast, the exact same storyline, and you just frame it slightly differently, it's almost unwatchably hateful. I think that what they did in the tone in particular is just about perfect. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, great, a great point and a great note to end it on. Looking ahead to the January Fright Club Live, that'll be January 8th, mm -hmm. notable because it's Elvis's birthday, yep. it's David Bowie's birthday, and it's my brother's birthday. That's right. Uh, <laughs> somehow got lumped into that. But we are going to talk about time loops and show resolution. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is a very cool movie, one that has might have slipped through the cracks. Right, I think a lot, a lot of, people. of people may have seen Endless, The Endless, which came out about two years ago. Same filmmakers, it's the same concept. It's basically a sequel to this film. And this, so this is, we're going to show this one because I think too many people missed it. You can always find us on Twitter. Oh, we're Fright Club Pod mm -hmm. uh, on Twitter, the special Fright Club podcast uh, Twitter account. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it's Mad Wolf Columbus, as well as the main website, madwolf.com. And that's where you can find this finished podcast. It should be live on Monday. You can find it there. And, of course, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you excuse me, say it with me. I have to return some videotapes. <laughs>